Man, Wemby shows a little Jekyll and Hyde in Summer League. The midseason tourney looks to add some spice to the upcoming season. And James Harden and Zion Williamson have something in common. What's your name, fool? I'm Rose Zapanta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. It's summer. What up, fellas? Ah, yeah. John, how you living, my friend? Oh, man, it's summer. It's hot as hell. I moved, and I haven't seen my fellas in a long time. It's good to be here. Let's go. Congrats. Man, I am burning up in here in Sacramento. Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm good, man. Just trying to keep from burning to a crisp myself, but can't complain. Boys, we got to talk about Summer League here, specifically Victor Wimbanyama. We got to talk about games one and two. So in game one, he scored just nine points. He was two of 13 of shooting with eight rebounds. The Spurs ended up winning that game against the Charlotte Hornets. But a lot was said about just his poor shooting performance because everyone was looking for him to just kind of dominate the game, especially since, you know, he's a 7-5 first, first pick, post, first overall pick. But he has a bounce back game in game two where he ended up finishing with 27 points, 12 rebounds. It ended up in a loss against the Portland Trail Blazers. I want to ask you guys... After seeing sort of this kind of up and down summer league for Wemby, do you guys have any concerns? No, not at all. I mean, he hadn't really been playing in a bit just because of all the stuff going on with flying back and forth, getting ready to, for the draft, all that kind of thing. This was his first experience. You knew he was probably going to be a bit nervous. So people coming out after this one game and calling them out, I thought was completely ridiculous. And in the middle of that, he still managed to block five shots. I mean, I think he's going to be better on the defensive end this year anyway. So I I think he's going to, because of the age we're in, where people react so quickly, this is going to be how this whole mm. season goes for him. He has a bad game. People are going to tear him down. But right, right. he's going to be a leap. This is going to take time. I mean, you guys tell me, am I overlooking this too much? No, I'm just glad nobody overreacted to <laughs> a summer league game it's good to see <laughs> well a few things one it's summer league and man it's slow the nba season is really really slow i, I think it's just clear like sammy said that he's going to be the most polarizing player that we've seen since probably lebron james that he's going to be criticized up and down ad nauseum for the foreseeable future and Man, if LeBron retires, Skip Bayless probably has a new target. Victor, this is going to be his new guy that he's going to be talking about every single day. But again, not much to say about it. I mean, like, it's good to see that he had a great game. He shouldn't overreact to it. It's He had a terrible game, first game. He shouldn't overreact to that either. We'll see how he got, progresses, but he's super young. He obviously is very thin. Like, my concern about Wemby, and it's always going to be the same, whether it's whether he has a terrible summer league, uh, up and down regular season in his rookie year, it's his frame. It's his size. He's being that tall. I've said it from the beginning. I don't know if that's sustainable. That's not a normal, healthy... Like, how many guys in the league in the past in history that big have lasted long? Yao Ming is probably the only guy, and he actually didn't even play that long. 
considering all things. So that to me is my biggest concern. But these two games, it's like, come on, guys, let's, let's and girls, let's chill out. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go on the other side of this just for controversy. I think it's not a big deal, but it does raise some concern because if I told you guys, hey, we're gonna play a pickup game against third graders <clears throat> and we win, we're not gonna pat ourselves on the back because we're supposed to win, correct? Sammy would. I would. <laughs> Maybe Sammy, <laughs> but we would. I've, okay. I've seen the participation trophies. <laughs> I'm kidding, Thank I you, have those John. too. I got no, those too. Okay, okay. We're not gonna go into today's generation and clown on them, so I'll save my insults for them later. But my point is, Wemby finishing with only nine points as the first pick in this draft, and you're being this once-in-a-lifetime generational player, the second coming of LeBron James, and you come out like that, 2 for 13 I'm not saying that, whoa, pump the brakes, uh, this is a bust, but isn't he supposed to dominate? Wasn't a few years ago, Anthony Morrow scored 45 as the Warriors pick and he never amounted to anything. You could say the same thing with John, your boy, Kuzma. I'm just saying that in Summer League, you have these up-and-comer G-leaguers. You're the, you're the first pick. You can't go 2 for 13, but hey, that's just me. When you do good, you're supposed to do good. When you do bad, that should raise some concern. What do you think about that, Jun? Well, June, JGM. yeah, we want to hear from you because you are the number <laughs> his number one fan. I remember we remember what you said that he is a bigger prospect than LeBron James. I just want to call that out. I'm taking receipts out here, Sorry. dude. You you could definitely call me out on that one. I I will say that I I'm concerned a little bit about Wemby just because I don't know if you guys saw like the highlights or even the lowlights or even watched the entire game, but in that first game. It's almost like he wanted to play away from the basket. Yes. Kind of dribble a lot more. And like, bro, you're you're 7-5. You're 7-5 in a summer league game. Why aren't you underneath the basket? Like that that showed to me that like maybe his basketball IQ or the way that the summer league coaches were coaching him to like play, it didn't like really reflect to his strengths. Which is concerning to me because if I'm Wembenyama and I see, if I look on the onto the court and the next tallest person is like 6'10", 6'11", like it's almost a done deal that I'm going to be in the block and I'm going to be torturing people. But I don't know if it's because of, like you said, John, that Wemby looks kind of light for his size and his legs look like a little fragile. So I don't know if they're trying to protect him. Am I overreacting with this take here or what, what do you guys think? I get what you're saying with that, but I also just think that Pop will have him where he needs to be when the games actually count. That's that's a great point. That's I true. do I do agree that he's gonna need to obviously put on some weight because of what John mentioned, and it felt like in that game he went down a lot, and I think he'll learn to protect himself as best he can. But when you're seven five, that's just gonna be hard to do, especially with your legs. So. If I have any concerns with him, it's going to be injuries. And I, I sincerely hope that he avoids them, but it's going to be hard at that size. Just like John said, he's right. Track record is not great on on bigs in NBA history. 
Especially it's not just it's, it's not just bigs. It's bigs that are abnormally big like this, right? This is this is atypical for right, like over seven three, maybe over seven right. two seven three that range. Right. But I will say, I think I think Ro, your bigger gripe here is that he played terribly against the Charlotte Hornets and then he dominated against your Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> that's right. like, in reality, right, that's exactly why Wait, you're very you're right. very upset. Man, the Blazers didn't even get him as that pick. I really thought they're going to get him too. And then he just crushes them in the summer league. Um, so we have a list here of five players who did really well during uh, the summer league games. And our list goes like this. Jabari Smith Jr. from the Houston Rockets, Max Christie from the Lakers, Scoot Henderson from the Blazers, Victor Wembenyama, of course, from the Spurs, and Chet Holmgren from the OKC Thunder. Well, and well, out of well. those five players, which of those players do you think are going to have the most impact in the mo like in the upcoming season? I'm gonna go first and I'm gonna say Scoot Henderson. Just because if Dame gets traded, he's gonna have all of the freedom in the world, all of the shots, the ball in his hand, and that's the recipe for winning Rookie of the Year. So my vote is Scoot Henderson. And just to be clear, we're talking about individual performance, right? Not really reflecting the team's performance, because I think that's good. That's yes. the distinguished there is important. Okay. Um, Go ahead. I'm gonna have to. Say it. I'm gonna have. To, no, no. Max Christie. Max okay. Christie. Yeah, just relax, man. You guys are out of pocket here. Out of pocket. Like, I'm a homer, but I'm not that much of a homer. Like, okay, Sammy. What do I you do. Think? I do like Max Christie, though. I will say this. I do like Max Christie. Okay. And maybe that is me putting back my purple and gold homer glasses. But I do. I do like what I see from him. I think he has the assets and the tools, and the way that he improved his jump shot considerably even though he didn't play much last year, but I, I did keep track of him. And I know he's, I think he was in the second round. I think it was a second round pick. But from this list, I'm just gonna quickly say, I'm gonna go with Victor Wembanyama. And I know this really hurts Roe for me to say this, but I still think that he's going to come into his own and have a really strong rookie year. I think this is a great list overall. Uh, part of me would initially have thought Scoot also. I think I will, I agree that Wembenyama is going to have a year. I do think San Antonio is going to bring him along kind of slowly. I think Chet's going to have the same thing in OKC and especially he's not going to be as ball dominant. So based on what I saw in Summer League and the changes going on there, I'm actually going to go with Jabari Smith on this. Uh, the first day he was there. He was interviewed and asked uh, if he felt like he needed to be there. And his exact words were along the lines of, our team did not play well last year. I needed more time. I'm 20 years old. Why wouldn't I play? I just, I really appreciated that response because it, there's a little bit of entitlement sometimes with some of the younger guys that come in the league. This didn't go that way. He absolutely dominated the games he played. I think the last game he played, he put up 36. And between Van Fleet being there and Ime Odoka being there, I think it's going to be a much better environment for him to actually have a good year. So I think he's he's going to come out and look a lot better this year now that that team is just a little more organized and clearly he's approaching it with the right attitude. Sammy, can I vehemently disagree with you? Please. 
And the reason why I disagree with you is because Dylan Brooks is going to take 25 shots a game, taking away from Jabari Smith to ever do anything worthwhile, worthwhile this upcoming season. Trust in Ime. Trust in Ime. Man, I think we're all split here because I'm, I'm going to go with Chet Holmgren. And the reason being is because I think he has the tools to become a legit, like, number one star of OKC. And the, his contender, his running mate, Shai Gilgis Alexander, had a great year last year. He also has a great supporting cast that I feel like is going to highlight what Chet Holmgren could really do on both offense and defense. So I feel like Chet, to me, has the best chance to shine. I guess we'll have to keep receipts here, like John said, and see what happens for the upcoming season. We want to talk about now the mid-season tournament that the NBA is now implementing for the upcoming season, just to add a little spice to its winter schedule. And in November and December, this is when the games are going to happen, where they like teams have a chance to gain an extra banner and a little something more to play for which is the nba cup and it looks like it's going to tip off on friday november 3rd and the nba team markets and so far um they're they're going to play the semifinals in december and then the championship is going to be on december 9th in las vegas there's a lot of details to this tournament like how the teams are being set up into like group play how the later a part of the tournament is going to be a single elimination game. It's hard to get like a good grasp on actually what's happening for the tournament. I guess we'll have to see it live. But from what we know, do you guys like the in-season tournament? I, th I think I'm open to it. I'm willing to see how it works out. I think when the play-in was first proposed a lot of the hardcore fans didn't like the idea of it just because it opened up too many teams to participate but look what happened we had a playing team like the miami heat make it to the finals which which proves all you need is a ticket to the dance now the thing with the mid-season tourney is that the incentives don't really don't really uh, make it interesting for me. And I foresee our teams, the Clippers, Lakers, and Warriors, essentially sitting out their players. Like, why try that much harder for these games that only count for your record when December, November, January, th this, this is the time frame where coaches like to sit out their players well, what I've liked to see, and I don't know if this is too crazy or not, fellas, is the winner of the midseason tourney gets a guaranteed draft pick. Like exactly, 10. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, like yeah. like ten. And I love I love that. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would um, that make the lottery that much more interesting. And I just had another idea which I don't think would happen, but what if the winner, the team, gets an increase of cap space that doesn't go against the luxury tax? I love that too. Like two million. I love all of those ideas, JJ. And 
take that in stride because I'm probably never going to compliment you ever again. <laughs> but I will say, I do know I love those ideas, and I, I, I think personally, I don't think the the incentives as as it currently stands are enough. And I know that the regular the the records here, they count towards the regular season record, right? The 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 wins and yes. losses from the tournament. But that's really dependent on whether or not the records at at the time for the teams are relatively close, right? Let's say a team is far and away has a lead from a record standpoint. There is there really an incentive for that team to try as hard as the other teams? Probably not. So I think a lot of it is situational, right? And so for me, I don't like that because you have to rely on the records to be competitive, for, at least in my perspective, for it to for people to actually come into it 100%. That's that's my my take on it. So I do love JJ's ideas. I wanted to get the other guys' thoughts on it though. Yeah. I think overall a lot of these teams are just going to play their rotations as normal and if they were going to sit players out they probably will like they normally would i don't think it's going to divert them too much outside of maybe maybe they'll have a little more motivation if they're already close to making that title game or the semis maybe they would change the schedule a little bit to give a player rest like after that game i don't know if it would matter that much i hope so but i'm in the same boat in terms of I'm open to it. I, I want to see what this looks like when it's done. I love that it does give everyone an excuse to go to Vegas for a few days for the <laughs> semis and the finals. That's never a bad decision. Um, and then, you know, as as a Clipper fan, you know, uh, Ro mentioned hanging extra banners and all we have is players faces. So, you know, let's go for an extra banner. Let, let's win that midseason title. Hang that one up and into it. So let, let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> the reason why I like it is because, you know, like like these cash prizes, whether it be like 50K, 100K, 200K, or 500K, doesn't matter a whole lot to superstars because they're making a ridiculous amount of money. But when you get deeper into the bench, or even like maybe the fifth guy in the starting lineup, like that money matters. And they're gonna play hard. And the one thing that you don't want if you're a superstar is someone making like, 500 million to your 200 million and kicking your butt in a tournament so i feel like it's gonna add like some spice like like what i said in the intro um to the middle of the season because we've been there man during these pods too where like it's the middle of the season we're like there's not a whole lot going on here but i feel like this tournament is just gonna provide a lot more content and a lot more excitement to the season and we have the nba like odds or in-season odds for the tournament um and we have boston leading the way at plus 700 the nuggets at plus 950 bucks at 1000 suns at 1100 warriors then Cavs, then lakers sitting at seven <laughs> for the odds well, any surprises well, well. here that you guys can see I have thoughts on why the Lakers are so low. Right? Okay. Let's say it. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I just think that there, and people think that LeBron James is just not gonna. He's like does not give a flying f about it. And he's just gonna not. He's gonna not try. And maybe I don't know. 
I mean, that, to me, that's what else. What other reasons could there why why the Lakers' odds are so low to win the tournament? Right? They should have a really good team this year, this upcoming year. Street clothes. That is true. That's roughly the time of Anthony Davis's annual two weeks off <laughs> hey, uh, for the hey, holidays. Yeah, his PTO, you know? dude. He's got JJ, his PTOs JJ around that time. He's got these vacation bank replenishes every year. Where's the where's the Kawhi soundbite? No, no, the other one there. You have the hey, hey, Okay. Well, there you go. That's the one I was looking for. That's no. why the Clippers aren't anywhere here. They already know Kawhi's going to be home for the holidays. He'll be down here in San Diego with me. I, I have a question for you, Sammy. If the Clippers do land Harden, and it's Harden, PJ, and Kawhi on the roster, mm-hmm. do you think that there would be heavy favorites for the in-season tournament? Harden in Vegas? Harden in Harden Vegas. Vegas for a tournament? <laughs> I don't think he's going like to get him in time for the game. Sounds like a match made in heaven. Okay. You remember that scene It'll be like in Varsity Blues where yeah, you remember the scene in Varsity the Blues dance. where they all come out of the club and it's like 7 in the morning and they have to play that night? Yes. That's James Harden during this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> You go, what do you, what do you, you guys think about these odds? Anything that sticks out? I like Cleveland. I'll say that. They're yeah, the team, too. based on what you're all saying, that is least likely to be resting anybody. So yeah. for that reason, I feel like they would be motivated to, to play a little more. And at that number, I actually think that they would be a good bet to you actually betting win the it. farm, Sammy? You're going to bet the farm? No, just the barn. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like the Cavs, too, because I... On this list here of favorites, I want to say they probably have the youngest overall yep. team. And I feel like for the in-season tournament, that's like what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like great practice for them, too, for the playoffs, whenever the playoffs do come. Um, but anyway, yeah. go, go I ahead. Think the old, I was going to say real quick, I think the old heads, are like like you said, are not going to be as motivated. Just being you know jaded and being playing this game for so long i did have one more one quick thought before we move forward if, I, if that's okay i was just thinking like picture fantasy you know fantasy football where the last place gets punishment i was wondering i know this is probably far-fetched but that would be interesting to me to have to encourage competition is to maybe have them uh, have a punishment for the last place or somebody if you finish bottom three i know that's far-fetched but i would love to see something <laughs> no like that's that's actually a good idea what if you lose a spot in your draft you go one one pick lower if you're bottom three i think john was trying to imagine the whole orlando magic team like recording a TikTok <laughs> together <laughs> as, a, as yeah. punishment <laughs> yeah yeah not not as drastic as jj but sure that that works too anyway i'm i digress um, so our, for our next topic here, we're going to talk about something we all love. We all play video games and NBA 2K came out with their rating and Jamal Murray is not happy with his 84 overall rating that NBA 2K gave him. He said, ain't no way my rating that low. How is that possible? When Jamal Murray averaged 26.1 points per game, 7.1 assists per game. And he was a significant part of those 2023 NBA Finals that we just saw when Denver won the championship. And just as further information here, people who are ahead of him, let's say like Julius Randle, <laughs> is that an 87? 
Jalen Brunson, who's another point guard on the New York Knicks, is an 87. LaMelo Ball is an 86. Anthony Edwards is an 86. Klay Thompson, 86. And then people like sort of around his range, like in 84 along with him, CJ McCollum, Tyrese Maxey, Tyler Hero. Do you think NBA 2K got this right, or does Jamal Murray kind of have a point here? I like turtle. Jamal Murray should be lower. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just messing. This, is, this list is actually pretty egregious. I'm, like, I'm, I'm just going to flat out say it. I mean, like, Tyler Hero, no. Guys like, man, Jalen Green, the same score as... NBA champion Jamal Murray, who Thank is instrumental in winning. Like without Jamal Murray, Denver doesn't win the championship, right? They Great. probably don't even get to the finals. And like, come on, man. And no, like Julius Randle should not be higher than Jamal Murray. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kristaps Porzingis should not be higher than Jamal Murray. I'm not sorry about that. Like, no, this Zach list Levine is... shouldn't either. Sorry, just look. No, I agree with that too. And and look, Roe and JJ, I love Clay Thompson legendary but if we're basing it if this is based off the season the previous season clay thompson should not be above jamal murray i'm, I'm not gonna hate on that what do you guys think he should be top 30 at minimum and just yeah the this list is it's a mess it's, it's just ass just say it it's ass it, couldn't have said it better but <laughs> yeah brooke lopez miles turner jalen green Rudy Gobert, Tyler Hero, Rudy Gobert, DJ <laughs> McCollum, Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Gobert, all of Rudy them. Gobert. Like it's out of control. I didn't even I didn't even mention Rudy Gobert because I was just so I, I like the anger is seething through me that I can't I'm even also, say his name. <laughs> I'm also gonna throw out there exactly what John said. Based on the past season, Chris Paul is above or on point with Garland. <laughs> wow. Brunson and it's yeah, wow is right. Um, I will I will leave it at that and respectfully defer to you, fine gentlemen. Well, what I'll say is when these players complain about their 2K rating, sometimes I'm like, come on, man, it's not a big deal. But when you think about how many people play 2K, this has a reach, especially for a young audience that are quote-unquote hardcore NBA fans and for a player to say like I deserve to be a 99 I don't believe that in in 2k or even in even Madden because when you think about it when they make the game a 99 is across all generations because you could play yeah across all generations right so like for example when I bought 2k June even told me hey like uh, check out the the 96 pulls for example right so what i'll say is the 84 might be accurate cross-generational with all nba players in 2k what i disagree with and what i agree with with our guys here is that you can't have <laughs> jamal murray below cj mccollum tyler hero like Jalen Green, like the list goes on, like Julius Randles at an 87. Like, please help me understand. This is so crazy. I don't know how they get these ratings, but shed light on me. And 
shout out to our video producer, June. Our boy Jordan Poole has the same rating as Jamal Murray. Maybe the Warriors could have oh. done a straight up trade with him. I wanted to ask you about that. Is that is that a a bigger is that a big win for Jordan Poole or a bigger loss for Jamal Murray, DJ? <laughs> That's a huge win for Jordan Poole. That's a big loss for NBA 2K. That's a big That's... loss for. Jamal Murray, I, I'm upset for you. Uh, go go ahead, John. What were you going to say? No, no. I was just going to say, who do you guys think is like coming up with these ratings? Do you think they've watched one minute of actual NBA basketball? It do seems like it. They have to, right? They like do these updates on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis. And they study the game. They know how, ma how many people play this game, right? And it's... This is so crazy that these are the results, John. I don't know, man. Yeah, this is this is crazy. Um, Jamal Murray, I, I'm upset for you, but to give you some hope, we all know in NBA 2K, it's not about your overall stats or your overall rating. It's about the badges. So I'm sure you've got plenty of shooting badges. You've got probably the clutch badge, the corner specialist badge, slippery, all that good stuff hopefully in at least gold. But we're gonna take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of constantly losing your bets on unfair gambling apps? Our sponsor, Parlay Play, has the best lines to increase your chances at winning it big. Not only does it have great lines, it's also an awesome app with a community feel. Use code CLINIC, all NBA, for a deposit match up to $100 and a free $5 game on the house. They also have a feature called Slide the Line where users can raise or lower a line of their choosing. Pause the pod, get on your phone, download the app now. Yeah. Download the app indeed. We're going to talk about James Harden now. The LA Clippers have been widely been considered the most likely to land James Harden if Philadelphia 76ers were to trade the star guard. And, well, Woj dropped this today. He said, Daryl Morey's asking price is extraordinary. Teams are not engaging the Sixers with the kind of ass that Daryl Morey is asking for for James Harden, and that's where Daryl Morey always starts in trade talks really high. Then over time, perhaps you work him back down. Right now, the Harden talk talks, like Damian Lillard, are going to lin linger into the summer. And James Harden posted something today. He's got a picture partying with Michael Rubin. So, boys, do you guys... First of all, what do you think about Woji's tweet here? And also, do you guys think this trade will happen? It's not a tumor. Right. Sammy. We're gonna, what? Sammy, yes. Sammy, we're, I think we're going to... I think we should save your in-depth analysis for last because I think it's going to be splendid. When I say splendid, I mean that very loosely. So, JJ, please enlighten us with your thoughts here. And I'll please. follow up. Well, yeah. th this just reminds me with this whole debacle with the Nets, John, where he came into camp out of shape when he was unhappy. This happened again a few years back with the Rockets when he wanted to be traded, came into, sh came into camp, out of shape and today um june referenced this already a tweet 
by Michael Rubin had James Harden in it and everyone's commenting about his figure and I'm not one to body shame since I have a dad bod proud dad bod rep right here but I'll just say this for an NBA uh, athlete John I'm not sure if he looks like he's a NBA game game shape right now. What do you think, dude? I, I would I would like to. I'm sorry. I would like to see a different angle. He definitely yeah. looks like okay. he's not in game shape though. And it look, based on his <laughs> this picture of him of him with Michael Rubin, it certainly looks like he's had a few alcoholic beverages. Maybe more than that. And. Yes, I, mean, I think like, that's a good any, assumption. I think any picture where <laughs> you're like flipping the bird in it, and yelling, you're probably and yelling. under yeah. some sort of influence. But yeah, go sure. ahead, John. Sure. I mean, I, yeah, like anytime. And look, these NBA players they need to have their own lives, and I get it. They they want to go out, they want to party, they want to let loose. Understandable, right? Like, but this is some, from an optic standpoint. This is certainly something that you do not want to see. You want to see pictures you want to get to have the perception of you working hard in the off season even though the season's still three months away now back to the the topic of james harden being a clipper personally i absolutely hope this happens <laughs> and you probably know why because of my complete disdain for the los angeles clippers sammy's a great friend of mine i love him but i absolutely hate the los angeles clippers and to me this would be a great move for them to fail miserably because I think that that trio would be terrible. I'm just gonna say it out here, and I'm not. That's not me being biased. I just think it's like I don't get it, man. Like, look at the teams and look at the success for the past five years. Even Phoenix, you know, it's not. It's about the depth now. It's not about the top heavy three star. That those days I think are gone. I think they're gone. And I look, Balmer is just trying to pull a Phoenix Suns move right here and get James Harden. I mean, like, realistically, Sammy, or, or Roe, or JJ, what is it going to take to get to trade for James Harden? You're going to have to gut a lot of your team, a lot of your team, right? So I don't think they're willing to do that, and that's, that's why I don't know if this actually happens, only because we were talking about a little bit about this when this first came out. The Clippers, since Lawrence Frank became president of the team, which I want to say goes back to around a year or two before they traded Blake. So we're going back a while. Every time they've made a big trade or a big signing, it's never been a long standing thing where it took weeks to happen and it was out there. It was always very by surprise. Like if you guys remember when Blake Griffin got traded, no one saw it coming. Actually, everyone thought DeAndre Jordan was going to get dealt. And out of the blue, Blake got dealt for the deadline. When they signed Kawhi and Paul George, that happened at like 2 in the morning that the news broke. This kind of stuff doesn't really happen with them. That's why I don't think it'll happen. Unless Maury ends up giving in and going with a price of something like Norman Powell maybe at most Terrence Mann and a first, something like that. I can't imagine them gutting the team for Mr. Harden here. Uh, I sincerely hope they don't. There's going to be a world that exists where if they make this deal, the most likable Clipper on the team next year might end up being Russell Westbrook, which is hilarious other than the fact that I'm a fan of the team. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to say that yeah. I think this trade might happen. 
And the reason yes. why I think this trade Manifest is going to Manifest it, please. Is because even though Daryl Morey is a master negotiator, okay? He always gets what he wants. But James Harden is playing chess. He sees this Woj tweet, right? And he says, you know, Morey always starts really high. And Harden knows this. And what does he do? He gets on Instagram. Like JJ said, bad lighting, bad angle, looking overweight, looking drunk. And he's also partying with Michael Rubin, who's associated with the 76ers. How else can this man lower the value other than doing this? You know what I mean? And then Daryl eventually, with enough of these posts, <laughs> I feel like he's gonna just have, he's have he, he might have enough. It's like, I gotta get whatever value I can for this guy. And that's why I think this, this trade might happen. Is that a little, a little too much from me? No, I love, I love the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Put on my conspiracy theory hat. I want this to manifest it, please. I think Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard would be the greatest foursome we've ever seen. <laughs> but we're going to take this to our next topic here. Darvin Ham, he has a response to Michael Malone. Um, and as daddy? we all know, that Michael Malone, like during the parade in Denver, was called the Lakers daddy. And daddy. Darvin Ham had this to say. Oh, Wow. You're going to bring up Money Mike, man? The Lakers' daddy? That's what they call him now. The Lakers' daddy? God bless his soul. This S ain't over. God bless his soul. Who's my daddy? So I want to save John for last here. Just because he's the Lakers stand here. What, from the other two, JJ and Sammy, what do you guys think about Darvin Ham's, I guess, kind of surprised clapback? Who's my daddy? I ain't mad at it. I I think he, they've been... Mike Malone's gone way overboard with this whole thing. I know some of it's just because it's the Lakers, so anything about the Lakers gets broadcast all over the place, but he's been feeding into it. So I don't mind Darvin Hatton clapping back at him because it just, it's been overkill, especially since you've won the championship. Why focus on the team that you beat in the conference finals after everything that occurred? So... It's, it's weird. I'm really disliking Mike Malone because I keep coming on this podcast and defending the freaking Lakers. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this. I don't enjoy it. Like, enough. You enjoy enough it. Let's be, let's be honest, Sammy. You enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy nothing. <laughs> I will leave it at that. For me, okay, I always feel like when you do win and when you win at all, you could say whatever you want to say right but there's also part of me that says you gotta keep that same energy from the beginning to the end and coach malone you didn't have that energy before you won the championship it's like what lucas said to d book you only talk winner up which i kind of agree with but hey i, I love rivalries I want more bloodshed. I'm, I'm not talking literally, audience. So, <laughs> calm your ass down. All right. I just want good old '90s basketball back into action. 
And I can't wait when the Lakers and the Nuggets face each other, which I'm predicting oh, for Christmas. Ooh, I like it. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who is my daddy? <laughs> Kindergarten cop. Relax, yes. everybody. Especially you young <laughs> listeners. We don't need to get canceled. Anyway, I, I don't know what to say to this. I mean, I'm pretty speechless. I share the same sentiment. I, I think one of the things that, that always comes to mind is Mike Malone is so butthurt that the Lakers get all of this coverage, even when they were winning, even when up to winning the title. The Lakers were the talk of the town. They were the headline. And guess what, Mike Malone? I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with the fact that you beat the Lakers. That It doesn't matter. It's the market. It's Los Angeles. It's Hollywood. It, whether it's Denver Nuggets or some other team, unless you're the New York Knicks, the Boston Celtics, a rival team with the same type of market, you're not going to get the same coverage. Get over it. And he's just he's taking it out on LeBron James. He's taking it out on the Los Angeles Lakers. But LeBron James is a genius, by the way. That whole I'm retiring bit after the Denver Nuggets <laughs> on the NBA Finals, completely BS, but 100% intentional. LeBron's a genius. He knew that it was going to generate all of the attention and take away all of the attention away from the Denver Nuggets. And it worked like a charm. Mike Malone is still sleeping, dreaming about the Lakers, living rent-free. <laughs> Lakers are living rent-free in Mike Malone's head. And you know, LeBron James and the LA Lakers, they're probably thinking everything that's going on with like Michael Malone and this nickname of the Lakers daddy. They're probably just thinking like, all right, let Denver cook. You know, let them, let them talk. Let them talk their talk because we need bulletin board stuff. And like JJ said, it's going to be a great rivalry <laughs> Um, we'll see how, what the upcoming season has to, or is going to have for these two teams when they face off. But now I want to talk about, there's a little interaction with Kevin Durant and Kendrick Perkins. And Kevin Durant recently found himself in the headlines as he went back and forth with NBA fans on Twitter regarding Carmelo <laughs> Anthony. Debate began when the NBA veteran Will Barton said on the Ball Don't Stop podcast that there are fifth there sorry that there aren't 15 players better than Anthony when using the eye test. A fan stated like that Gordo. bucket getters are the most respected type of players. Durant responded as he pointed out the object of the game to score points in order to win games, something Carmelo Anthony has always done at an elite level. Twitter responded that Carmelo has never won any rings. Perkins then said this on first take. He said, Katie got cooked by a Twitter dude. <laughs> Listen, we all know that defense wins championships. And look, we can go back into history. Majority of the teams that won NBA championships were top five defensively in the postseason. They upped their defensive tactics on both ends of the floor. And they have defensive prowlers on the floor. So first of all, do you guys agree with Kendrick Perkins here? Or do you guys agree with Kevin Durant? <laughs> That's ignorant. That's like choosing between getting a root canal and getting a well finger cut off. I don't know. Pulling the wisdom teeth. Pulling the wisdom yeah. teeth. Yeah, yeah so pulling the wisdom teeth or a root canal. I yeah. think we can all pretty much say that we, we like defense, right? Yeah. So we're going to say that it needs to have both sides of the ball. 
Is that is that correct? Or yeah, what, I mean, yeah. yeah. D defense wins games. I think the irony of this whole debate is KD only has two rings. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's right. Okay, and he won those two rings with the Warriors. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right? Okay. It's a rhetorical okay. question, right, yes. TJ? Correct me if I'm wrong, but when they did win the championship, did the Warriors not have the top two or even the best defense in the league? Yeah, correct. So they I'm did. just saying, KD, you're saying the offense wins championships when the two rings that we've won were on arguably the best defensive teams or the, the, the best defensive team that year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know what Kevin Durant was thinking here, and I'm glad that Kendrick Perkins did call him out. But for our like clinic questions of, of the night, I want to talk about favorite defenses and favorite offense offenses from the 2000s. And I'm going to start it off with favorite defense. And I'm going to go with Sammy here. What do you think? Ooh. I want to hear this. So the obvious choice is probably the Pistons defense from 0304, but I'm actually going to throw one out there that people don't remember because of how that team fell apart. The 0405 Pacers defense, the one that fell apart because of the malice in the palace. That defense was legit and it could stop anybody until they literally stopped the crowd. And that's the only reason that team probably didn't win a championship that year, or at least come close, because that team was stacked and ready to go. So I'm going to throw that defense out there as kind of a surprise pick, although they obviously didn't get as far as they could have because of what happened. Did that team have Roy Hibber, the legend? No, that was before he started, I believe, his uh, legendary career, if I remember right. <laughs> okay. And then next, I'm going to go with John. Well, I know I'm going to get grilled for this for and being called a homer, but I'm going to do it anyway because I don't care what y'all think, especially Sammy. The 08 Boston the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, JJ? The 2009 Los Angeles Lakers. Actually, I'm sorry. 2000. Yes. 2009, 2010 Los Angeles Lakers. That defense was with Andrew Bynum, with Kobe at, the, at his, the prime of his career. You had guys that were just shutting down. I mean, that team was was legitimate defensively. I'm pretty sure they were top. If they weren't the best in the league, they were they were up there. And I know Boston was up there too, but that that team was was shut down. They had like the length, they had the size, they had the tenacity, and so I'm gonna go with that. Dang. Very good picks, gentlemen. Um, I'm actually, you know, the homer pick would be the 16-17 Warriors. Just because you had Draymond, you had Livingston, KD, arguably the best two-way player in Thompson. But I don't want to be a homer for today's pod. So I'm going to actually pick the 08 Celtics because John that's when right now. Thibs <laughs> you don't need to say why come um, on <laughs> Thibs 
totally got it. took over the game and they beat, you know, you gotta give respect. They beat Kobe's Lakers. And that was with KG. You have John's favorite player in Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rondo, and damn, did I really just pick a team with Kendrick Perkins on it? You did. Uh -huh. I have you buyer's did. remorse, but I can't go oh. back now. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with 08 Boston Celtics, Jim. I mean, low hanging fruit here. 04 Pistons, right? Yeah, Sheed, Ben Wallace. Yeah, ended up beating you know that super team of you know John's, the Lakers with Kobe, <laughs> yeah, Malone, yeah, Jack, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take it to the next one. The, your favorite offense from the 2000s. I'm gonna go reverse order here, JJ. Gee, I wonder yes. what he's going to pick. <laughs> I have to, right? You have to. Go I have it. to. I gotta go. 16, 17 Warriors. Yep, Katie. Steph, Clay. What else can I say? Uh, special shout out though. I want to say an underrated team that I always thought um, if they just had some defensive pieces could go far. And if Robert Ori didn't check Steve Nash's ass to <laughs> the ports, the Phoenix Suns. With Nash, The Matrix, Marion, they had Amari. Who else am I missing on that team? I know I'm missing someone, sorry. Oh. I'm going off domes. But that that Suns team with Nash and Amari and Marion had to put up there. Oh John, man. What you think? Okay, man? you know what? You're going to go with the a, 21 I was a homer. Nets. I was a homer. <laughs> I was a homer the first round. I'm going to be a homer in the second round again. I don't care. I, like I said, 2000 and 2001 Los wow. Angeles Lakers. 15 and 1 <laughs> in the playoffs. Shaq, Kobe, two of the greatest to ever touch a basketball. That absolutely dominant on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, like... When you're not when you're talking about Shaq and Kobe, you're talking about two of the greatest players on the same team, right? You look look at history. Look how many how many teams have two of the greatest to ever top, arguably top ten, right? You know Jordan Pippen's not top ten. Steph Clay is not top ten. Like, how often does that happen? It doesn't happen. So I'm gonna go with the 2000 2001 Lakers. If sorry if. We're excluding Homer picks. What would be your second pick? The 2000, 2002-2003 Los Angeles Lakers. No, I'm <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, that, that's a great question. I should, I should definitely pick one outside of my my Homerism. Uh, man, that is a tough one. Like, I feel like it's blasphemy to pick like a 2005. Oh man, you know what? I'm gonna have to go with the Miami Heat. 2013, I want to say 2013. Is that the right year? Somebody fact check mm -hmm. me. Was that what, the second title year? I think so. Yeah. Second title uh, year. 13. Yeah. I'm going to say 12, 13. That team, I mean, like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, and then the pieces they had around them. I think uh, Mike Miller was on that team, right? 
Mike Miller. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mario Chalmers are playing well. Yeah. Ray, Ray Allen was, was on, on that, that team. team, of course. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. 2013 Miami Alright, well, I don't think the numbers will necessarily reflect this, but going the following year, that Spurs team that won their last title in 2013-14, I just remember the finals of that year where their offense looked literally like poetry in motion. If you guys remember, the ball barely touched the ground, they were moving it, swinging it all over the court. Like That was the definition of beautiful basketball to me, and it was really team basketball. So I'm going to throw one out there for them. I doubt their offensive rating from the regular season is as high as probably even the top 20. But just for pure enjoyment of watching offensive basketball, I loved watching that team in that playoff run. I mean, for me, it's going to be the 04 Mavs with Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, the chemistry between Nash and Nowitzki was just amazing. And seeing like that sort of you know this is like like Jokic before before Jokic right and seeing it for the first time someone at his size with that sort of like touch was like incredible and they had a great team around him as well um but you know boys that's actually all we have for tonight's pod I want to thank you three for being on JJ thanks for being on man thank you buddy appreciate you all John thanks for being on man hey thank you all stay cool out there Detective Chunk. Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Always good to be here, man. Thank you. Sammy takes it all the way. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. I like turtles.